Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to another installment of Battle Red Radio. I am your host, Colt Molesky, flying solo tonight after a wild week 15, not only for the Texans, but for the entire NFL. It was quite a week of football, and we're going to unpack the game that the Texans had against the Chiefs in a moment uh, we also, I want to let you know, coming up, we're going to have, of course, the Love It and Leave It segment that we have every week. We're going to pick the player of the game. And always, we close out with a few final thoughts. I have a couple of thoughts on Lovey Smith leaving this game. So that's what we have coming up. But before we get to all that, we're going to unpack a crazy game, uh, another game where the Texans go toe-to-toe with a team that has much more talent, a much better record, uh, a much better quarterback, and they still are able to go wire-to-wire with that team. Should the Texans only be playing 10-win teams? I, I don't know. Their best games are against some of these, really the, the top tier of the NFL. They've played now the... Chiefs into overtime. They played the Eagles close all game. And I know that the Jaguars just beat the, the Cowboys uh, in, in overtime. But they played the Cowboys close. And the Cowboys are trying to play their way into the top of the NFC. Attempting to play their way into the top of the NFC. Uh, I don't believe mathematically they can chase the Eagles now after that. I uh, the Eagles win and the loss to the Jaguars. But they going into this week, they were still trying to chase the the Eagles for that top spot in their division and therefore in the, the NFC race. And they're playing all of these teams really close. They're getting up for these games, which is an encouraging sign. And for a majority of this game, they're leading the Chiefs. I mean... You go through this game, and it really is a Texans team that played almost perfect, almost perfect football. And it really is amazing where you're looking at this team, you're saying they have to play the absolute perfect game, muck it up on the defensive side of things so that the offense stagnates for portions, and there wasn't a ton of exceptional performances from the, the offensive side of the ball. And, and we'll get to them in a second. Uh, defensively, they're flying around. They're making plays. I know that the chiefs ended up putting up some yards and they, uh, they were able to have some really good drives and move up and down the field late in this, in this game. And another big fourth quarter for the chiefs in this one. I, uh, but 
they really the Texans played a nearly perfect game, almost perfect, and it, they were pretty close to perfect against the Cowboys the other week as well. You just have one slip up, and that ends up being the game. But you have this team. I mean, after early punts, you have a long, long touchdown drive, 11 plays, 80 yards for a touchdown, something you don't see too often from the Texans. Uh, you had their top running back, really their best player, I would say. It's safe to say in Damian Pierce out. They announced uh, late last week that he was going to be out for the season. They put him on IR, and so you have Royce Freeman, this Oregon product that was buried on their roster. Now he's leading the team in carries. Uh, you have the dual quarterback system of Jeff Driscoll and uh, and Davis Mills, but they're able to have this long touchdown drive to take the lead. The Chiefs come back and get a touchdown of their own. McKinnon, who had an over 100 total yards from scrimmage and a couple of touchdowns, proved to be a problem. It felt like Travis Kelsey was open whenever they needed him as well, but McKinnon had a big game, something that the show predicted. I, I was predicting going into this one. Not a, It was a pretty safe limb to go out on, and he had a big game, scored for them. It's a tie game, and then you have the fumble from the Chiefs from uh, Isaac Pacheco to get the ball and the Texans scored off the off the turnover something that they were taking advantage of earlier weeks something that for a large portion of the season they had trouble with score a touchdown to go 14-0 you have a series of punts a touchdown in a mixed missed extra point boy some of these teams you think about like the Vikings uh, and Butker with the, the Chiefs, some of these teams, it's kind of a roller coaster uh, whenever they have their kicker go out and take the field. So you go into halftime up 14-13 just by a hair. Te the Chiefs come out, they score a field goal right away to take their first lead of the day, 16-14. And then another fumble, two drives later, this one by Juju Smith-Schuster off of a really, really nice tackle. Uh, and they go down, score another touchdown. So now you have this team not moving the ball well, not having a ton of great drives. I mean, you look at some of these drives outside of one drive and the drives off of turnovers. You have three plays, zero yards, punt. Four plays, 14 yards, punt. Uh, six plays, 10 yards, punt. Five plays, 28 yards, punt. Three plays, zero yards, punt. This offense was not able to, they were stagnant. This Texans team was literally hanging around, hanging around, making this game ugly and sloppy and taking advantage of turnovers. That's all they had. But that's what you have to do when you are totally outmatched from a skill perspective. And they did it. They're up 21-16. Chiefs come back 24-21. They take the lead again. And then you have the Texans. Really, this, I think, was one of the, the better moments they have had where you kind of expect a team like the Texans to turtle up and say, oh, we've been playing with them, but now we just can't. We don't have the horses to go down the stretch with this team. Instead, they put together a 15-play, 65-yard drive to kick the field goal, tie the game up, 
really impressive stuff. And then the Chiefs go down the field and they have the missed field goal. Now you're going to overtime. And they actually get the Chiefs to punt this team that it really felt like after eight points in the in the fourth quarter from the, the Chiefs, they were going to be able to go right down the field, score a touchdown, put this team away. Instead, they're punting. Now the Texans have the ball, and here it is. Nearly perfect game, but you have the Davis Mills fumble, trying to press, trying to make something happen instead of just throwing it away. And, of course, the Chiefs right away, first play, it's McKinnon. <laughs> Basically up the gut, left guard, 26 yards, touchdown. And that ends the game. And the Chiefs survive, but the Texans, that was about as perfect as you could get it. Especially, I mean, you go into this game, I already mentioned the injuries to uh, their star player, Damian Pierce. But your receiving core again down Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks. Uh, and then you also have your corners in both uh excuse me, both Steven Nelson and Derek Stingley Jr. Your down corners. Uh Tremont Smith had a fairly solid for being uh, a backup, a fairly solid outing uh, at left corner, but your down corners, your down defensive pieces, you're down a lot of offensive weapons. You're rolling out this weird two quarterback system. And the offense for large portions of this game didn't look pretty, but this team clearly is in the mode of we're just going to try not to make mistakes, try to play mistake-free, very uber-conservative football. We're going to sit back and keep teams, try and keep teams as fr in front of us as best we can, try and grab some turnovers, make them pay off of turnovers, and keep these games close. And uh, for almost the entire game, the, the Texans were able to do that. Very impressive performance despite being down a lot of pieces and despite uh, being <laughs> just outclassed as far as a talent perspective. And you're playing... Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he finished with 336 yards and two touchdowns, and he ran for another 33 yards and a touchdown. If you're reading off those stats, you're probably thinking that the Chiefs did whatever they want. Instead, they struggled for a lot of this game to really pull ahead, and then when they are pulling ahead, they can't put the, the Texans away in regulation. Uh, and, and a good job, too, by the Texans to keep fighting there's a couple weeks in a row now where they're going to keep clawing keep coming back and keep fighting their way back into this game again that drive for 65 yards to get the field goal to tie this thing up was one of the more one of the more impressive moments from this Texans roster that you've seen definitely in the last few months but really kind of all year uh a lot of times they'll either disappear in the fourth quarter or disappear for an entire quarter. They really didn't disappear for any portion of this game, and it's just uh, a misread from Davis Mills and, and uh, an errant fumble that kind of put them away, but they're right there against a Chiefs team. Now, I know people will bring up the early loss to a bad Colts team for the Chiefs and say, well, 
you know, you guys were saying going into this one that there's going to be yards to be had against this Chiefs team, and they let their foot off the pedal uh, at some moments in this game, and they they showed that they can lose to a bad team uh, at least once in this season. I would push back and say you're looking at the, the Broncos game that we used as an example last week going into this game was when they were blowing them out, let their foot off the gas pedal, and they've done that a couple of times where – uh, there's no, it's an inferior opponent. They kind of let their foot off the gas pedal and, uh, and somebody plays their way back into a game. This was kind of trade haymakers, which sounds weird when you're talking about the Texans versus chiefs, but this was a little bit of trade haymakers. I mean, Houston went up first. Houston was up at the half. Houston was the one who came back and grabbed a, a touchdown in the third quarter, uh, to match the the field goal from KC I mean they were in this game just as much as uh, as some of the better teams that you think of teams like the Chargers that have played the Chiefs earlier this is not where the Texans all of a sudden found their way back because they were down 20 and the Chiefs were letting off the the gas no this was a, a trading of blows for most of this team which is weird when one of these teams only has one win but that's exactly what you saw in this game. As far as player of the game, for me, for me, it's a toss-up between Christian Harris and Christian Kirksey. I was really impressed with the linebackers in general. They were flying around. You ended with two sacks, seven tackles for loss, uh, a few quarterback hits. To be able to, to be able to force the Chiefs into punts as many times as they were able to uh, for this game was an incredibly impressive performance. And, they, I mean, they looked kind of like a professional football team during this game and during the last two weeks, which is something that for uh, a large portion, for the beginning of December and really most of November, it felt like that maybe had eluded them it almost is like the team hit uh, uh, that rookie wall uh, after the first couple months of this season. It's almost like the franchise hit a rookie wall, and now they're going to close the season, maybe with a little fire. I don't know. There's still a few weeks to go, but these last couple of weeks, it looked like this team, I know that they're ending with losses still, but it looked like this team has kind of turned a little bit of a corner and almost feels like they bought back in to the the franchise and into the the coaching staff and all of that it, it feels like they have gone full circle and now are back to the beginning of the season where this team was bad but frisky and in these games and and playing hard and and still going for it versus that lull that you saw in November but anyways back to the the player of the game Christian Harris led the the day, 14 tackles, seven total tackles, three tackles for loss, and a quarterback hit. Christian Kirksey, 11 total tackles, nine solo, one sack, one tackle for loss. It felt there was a couple of players. Jarek McKinnon, when he was out to pass on those little, uh, on, on the little swing routes and stuff like that, uh, and Travis Kelsey, it felt like he was still able to to get some, I mean, 10 targets, 10 receptions. Felt like he was still able to find stuff over the middle and on all the, the little things he does. He's uh, 
going to be a future Hall of Famer. So you're understanding that. But uh, it did feel like the linebackers were flying around a little bit more this game. It felt like they were able to contain Patrick Mahomes on some of that stuff where usually you see him scrambling a little more. Felt like they were able to to pin him down a little more. I just it just felt like guys were flying around with a lot of energy, uh, and it felt like they were having to to pull over a little bit for some some players who were who were filling in for injury again. And I don't know those those guys obviously filled up the stat sheet, and it felt like your your linebackers were having to do a little more in this game. So. They can they can share the trophy this week. We're going to get to our weekly seg- segment of Love It and Leave It. But before we do that, let's hear from a few sponsors. Okay, everybody. Let me tell you all about the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More Adventure Stadium. That's right. And we already know about the great and wonderful comics and, tra- and trading card store they have on the first floor. They also now have on the second floor a sports memorabilia store and sports trading cards. It's awesome. Get up there to the stadium right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130, the second floor above the, the original Adventure Begins, and the Marcel Town Center. Make sure to check them out. The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. The Adventure Stadium. It's time to trade in your face mask for masks. Load up the hoppers and go to war with your friends. Too hot? Too rainy? Too cold? Splat Zone Indoor Paintball has you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. Family friendly, low impact activities for everybody. Go check them out. 11260 Hempstead, Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. It's never a good idea to drink and drive, but what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you get pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs. Someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has spent hundreds of hours in a hands-on lab course learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asen is a designated lawyer scientist and the lawyers at Asen Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call ASIN Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's ASIN Law Firm at 832-209-2297. Or visit DWILawyerHouston.com. Welcome back in, talking a little bit about the Kansas City Chiefs winning in overtime in Houston to the beating the Houston Texans. Score was 30-24 in this one. Again, it was a game that required overtime. And we're going to look at the the thing that I love from this week and the thing that I'd like to leave in this week. Uh, starting out, the thing that I loved, getting touchdowns off of turnovers. This has been something that we've been tracking throughout the entire year, noting throughout the entire year is the problems of what the drives look like off of turnovers and how – Earlier in the season, you saw that even on some of those drives, uh, I believe it was a drive against the Bears, seemed to perfectly illustrate the Texans' problems off of turnovers, where they'd get a turnover and they wouldn't be able to do anything with it. There was a drive, and I really do. 
Yeah, it was against the Bears where they had a turnover. They actually lost yards, ended up kicking a field goal because the turnover happened right on the, the cusp, I believe it was, of the red zone. But they lost yards and then kicked the field goal, and it felt like, boy, they can't even win off of turnovers. They're losing yards on a – they have a net – negative on this drive before they kick the field goal despite getting a turnover and now it feels like they've really turned a corner over corner where now they don't even have the the little drive to get the field goal they're punching these things in for touchdowns that's really awesome and that again what you have to do if you're a bad team and the only way you're able to get a team on their heels is by making them pay in the worst kind of way for a turnover. And that's exactly what the Texans did. This game is make this team pay with touchdowns for any turnover they had. That was excellent. And if they can keep that trend up that they've had the last couple of weeks, then they are going to be in all of these games the rest of the way. They're going to be in every single game the rest of the way. If they can just hang around and feed off of turnovers that they're going to that they're going to be waiting in the wins for. So that's what I love this week. If they can keep grabbing touchdowns off of turnovers, that's going to be fantastic. And this team is going to continue to uh, stay in these games. The thing that I would like to leave in this week, and the thing that I have you want to leave Texas fans don't want to see this any of these weeks. And it's a theme throughout the entire season. It's definitely what sank them the last couple of games, but these fourth quarters where they're going to continue to let up scoring uh, in these fourth quarters, eight points in the fourth quarter. Uh, really it was 14 points. If you're going fourth quarter and overtime, but you had some late drives and you knew the chiefs were going to do this. But again, this is something that absolutely kills you when you're hanging around, hanging around, and then let up those uh, long drives to this Chiefs team. They're lucky enough that the Chiefs missed on the field goal, but they had a couple of long drives to give the Chiefs scoring opportunities. And you saw that the other week from Dallas, the really long drive to end up putting away the Texans. But this has been a problem all season long. You think about uh, the the drive, I, I don't know, just the first thing that pops into my head when thinking about fourth quarter woes for just a season-long perspective for the, the Texans, what the Eagles were able to do in the fourth quarter, what the Chargers were able to do to put the Texans away in, in the fourth quarter, uh, the, the scoring bonanza that happened against the Raiders versus the Texans in the fourth quarter, all of these fourth quarters, and, and again, I don't want to back off that this team was right there with it and this was a really good game by the Texans uh, because they were – this game had a different feel than some of those other games that I'm listing off. But you saw a lot of times this team run out of steam in the fourth quarter and just not able to hold on for, uh, for the entire game, for every quarter – of play and while it still felt like they were in this game in the fourth quarter you could feel it start to slip away when the Chiefs were putting together these these long drives nine plays 84 yards for a touchdown and 11 plays and 44 yards for the missed field goal attempt again uh, just felt like they <laughs> the horses were running out of of steam as it were before the end of of the race a little bit not as bad as in some of those past performances but again those, those are those things where 
as this team makes progress, you hope that that's one of the things that is cleaned up is that you you see them try and carry. And, and again, Patrick Mahomes is going to do this to every single team. What you're hoping at, from a Texas perspective is that as you get better, this is something that doesn't happen every single game. You're, you're able to only let it happen against the Patrick Mahomes of the world, and it's not happening week in and week out. And so it's a little bit of a cop-out maybe you can say for, for the segment, but it is definitely something I hope stays in week 15, just like we've hoped every single week of the season it really feels like that these fourth quarter problems and the uh, the tendency to let teams really move the ball up and down the field well in the fourth quarter, that you're hoping that stays. Uh, could we at least keep it in this season, if nothing else, going forward? But this team was fighting to the very end and overall a really great performance. Speaking of this team fighting to the very end and this team really – playing themselves in a position against some really good teams this year. I I know because Battle Red Blog, there's been several posts about this very subject, and this has been a, a subject of conversation for quite some time in Texans Twitter. And if you look up uh, all sorts, if you're going to all sorts of different places for Texans media, I'm sure that you've seen it in a lot of different publications. I've seen it a lot of different places, a conversation had by a lot of different fans. Who's going to be the next coach of the Texans? What is going to be the coaching change? What is, what is going to be the, the new front office that approaches this draft? And I will say it again. You know it. You know that I'm a, a Lovey Smith apologist. You could talk me into going a different direction at OC with Pep Hamilton, but as far as head coach is concerned, I think Lovey Smith is doing as good a job as you could ask for somebody given this roster. And if we remember the expectations going into this season, I mean, that two to four win range was, I mean, four wins really seemed like it was probably the ceiling for this team at the very most. But this team was not supposed to win a lot. This team was supposed to figure out which young pieces would be part of their future and which guys would not be. And they had some older guys who were just uh, around uh, this team as well, but it wasn't the, the feeling by any means that this was going to be a roster of wily vets and young guys that was going to do anything. No, this was a team that was on the cusp of a rebuild, and hopefully you can get a good draft pick with, your, uh, with the draft, cl draft class coming in to next year you can grab uh, a quarterback if you need but just some really fresh talent and clearly that pick uh, at least their first one is going to go uh, towards a quarterback it would seem looking at this team and you, you figured out some things on where you stand with guys like Davis Mills and you figured out uh, some things on where you stand with other guys like Damian Pierce and you figured out the holes on this roster that was what this season was supposed to be all about and despite the one win, there are still a collection of games that you can say, wow, these are really impressive games. And there's another set of games that you say, you know what? These aren't as good maybe as those, but and these aren't as impressive as standing up to the Chiefs or the Eagles and playing with them. But these are games, these, they were in all of this collection of games. And yeah, there's been some really ugly games in there too. But you know what? 
a team like the Texans is supposed to have some really ugly games. And there was a few-week stretch where it really felt like everybody was Alan Lovey Smith. But I, I think that to be able to coach this team up into a position where you're playing with the Chiefs, you're playing with the Cowboys in back-to-back weeks, I think that's really impressive, and I don't think that's a small task, especially with the injuries this roster has had and some of the challenges this roster had to work through through that November stretch where they did have a lot of performances that were really bad. And you know what? It's a, it, it stinks that you have the fumble in overtime. It stinks that of all of these games, of the games that pop into my head, the, the good performances – I don't know is there is there actual one win even in the the top 3 of their best games that they've played this season maybe not and it's a bummer that they're not able to close out those games but I think it takes quite an effort to get this roster and this team with where they're at right now and the talent they have on the roster I think it's pretty impressive to be in these games and to get teams like the Chiefs, the Cowboys, the Eagles, to need the drives that they've needed in fourth quarters to pull out games against the Texans. That's a really impressive. I, again, am going to <laughs> – I am yet again telling you that Lovey Smith should not lose his job and that he's doing a, a terrific job as a, a head coach. And now I will, I will take arguments – for and against Pep Hamilton all day. You could convince me either way on him. I, again, this offense <laughs> this offense is a mess. I mean, you're looking at the the target spread. The the leaders for targets on this team were Chris Moore with nine, Mari Rogers with three, Jordan Akins with six, Rex Burkhead with four. Those were your your leaders, those were the guys who were getting the most looks in this offense. Quite a collection of names. And then guys who attempted a pass for the Houston Texans. Davis Mills, Jeff Driscoll, Philip Dorsett. Pretty wild stuff happening on offense. And I, I, I don't think there's a single player on this offense right now that you would start on your fantasy team. So maybe... The offensive system stinks. Maybe the offensive game plan stinks. Maybe the Texans just stink with their with their talent on offense. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Uh, you could again, you can talk me either way on that. But I think that Lovey Smith to lead this team through all the stuff and all the mess of this season, and to seemingly get them to buy back in after it looked like they like he might be kind of losing guys. It's impressive, and I think he's done, by and large, when you rein in your your emotions and pull your, your fandom out of this season a little bit and the disappointment of some of these games, most of these games, <laughs> I think you come to terms with what this team is and what the realistic expectations for this team is or should be and what this season is supposed to be for this franchise, which is clearly a huge rebuilding season. Uh, one of probably a couple that they have coming to them for the next couple of years. And 
once you do that, I think you can say, okay, you know what? Actually, he's doing a pretty good job with what he has and what he was given. And now let's go into the offseason and reset a little bit and reload and, and build through this draft and pick up some pick up some free agents with the money that we're going to be able to spend, uh, with the, the money that the franchise is going to be able to spend. And I, I think that will give you the proper assessment of Levy Smith that – the one at least that I see and the one that maybe you guys will see and and, uh, and maybe we can get some people to agree with me. It feels like a lot of people are buying out on him really quickly after some ugly, ugly games, after the team stayed frisky and just couldn't close out some games. And you know what? If you want to malign him to say a better coach would close out a bunch of these games, maybe, maybe that's the argument that you can make, but – I would say most coaches would not have been in a lot of these games to begin with with this roster. Uh, and now you're going to plug in a quarterback, hopefully maybe some talent in on each side of the trenches and reload next year and, and see what happens. But I keep Lovey Smith around. I'm still on keep Lovey Smith around team. I'm still in that boat. And that's that's my final thought is that Let's take it easy on the coaching change conversation. That's my final thought leaving week 15. But we got a lot more football going forward. We still got three weeks of football to go. So as you close out this episode, make sure you're subscribing wherever you find this podcast. Please, it means so much to have you listening each and every episode, each and every week. And we've got a lot of content coming the Texans, they are taking on the Titans to, excuse me, for next week, for week 16. Taking on the Titans. So we're going to have all sorts of coverage leading up to that game. Of course, you know, if you've been with us this long, we're going to have all sorts of coverage getting ready for Titans versus Texans. But for right now, thank you so, so much for listening to another installment of Battle Red Radio. <laughs>